We're back on the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO, continuing our conversation about ethics and genetics with Elizabeth McMillan. She is the Sanford Promise Program Director at Sanford Research, and uh, Sanford's involved in a, a really fascinating work with Harvard University about bringing ethical uh, conversations about genetic testing into the classroom, and it's a pretty big deal. Uh, Elizabeth, first of all, where are you from? How did you end up at Sanford? I'm from Colorado. I, I moved to South Dakota to my husband is an engineer with Valero up here. And he moved back to really... Valero, which is a wind company, right? They, they are renewable fuels. Re- yes, so corn, fuels. ethanol. Got it. Got it. Yes. Um, up in the Brookings area. And he was a South Dakotan, born in early years, I guess, up in Watertown. And moving back here for us really meant all of the things that he gets excited about in life. And so I got to learn about all of those things like hunting and fishing and all of the fun things we get to do here now. I was a classroom teacher when I first moved here at Flandreau um, Public Schools in the middle school there and really loved my experience teaching middle school kids. Science, right? Yes, I got to teach them science. My passion from my undergrad was in sciences, and so being able to share that is what I really learned as an adult. That's what I'd like to do for a living. Um, so what did you, where did you go to school? I went to the University of Denver and University of Colorado at and Denver. What were you going to do? I was going to be a scientist. I yeah. was going to dig deep in the lab, but I realized quickly in the lab experience that that wasn't necessarily the world I was the most excited about. I liked teaching other people about what scientists do more than I liked the practice of being a scientist myself. So your actual job as a program director with Sanford is uh, what? What's your day like? So I communicate the science that happens at Sanford Research with the community. So most of our community that yeah, we but what does that with, mean? I mean, what do you yeah, happen yeah. when you get to work? So I get to learn about all of the cool things happening with like the T-Rex project. You may have heard about some of the clinical trials that go on at Sanford, the Batten's research and lots of other research projects that our scientists are engaged in. I get to learn about their techniques and we translate that in an approachable way for students so that kids and adults, we do have community members from Ali, et cetera, that come in and are able to learn about that science in a way that's accessible for them so that they understand. So Sanford's getting ready to open the Imaginetics. There's a, it's a big new building. That's how most of us know it. But how do you interact with that? I mean, this is genetic testing that involves genetics at some measure. Is it, what's the relationship there? Yeah, the entire Imaginetics program is meant to not only educate people through like the Imaginetics community lecture series, um, the genetic counseling program with Augustana. So creating more genetic counselors, helping people handle the ethical considerations of their genetic opportunities in their life, um, but also the genetic testing and the abilities and the technology that goes into our molecular sequencing labs. So teaching people what's actually happening when you get a genetic test, whether that's determining this is definitely an answer for you or giving you a probability or a likelihood as you go through. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that we as human beings are going to have to consider. Um, kids are just, I mean, you know, a guy like me who doesn't have all this, I'm not growing up with this. It's coming to me as an adult. These kids are going to know so much more about their own bodies and how they're made up just as a process of their own education. That's fascinating to think about. 
It really is. And I remember learning about genetics through Punnett Squares as a high school student. Now kids are learning about that as sixth graders. And we thought of this like very deterministic. If I have a parent who has this and another parent who has this, then the offspring are going to have this. Whether you're talking about pea plants or people, you know, that was kind of the science that we learned. And now what we've seen is that it's not nearly that cut and dry. Even traits like my son has a dimple in his chin. So the cleft chin trait that I had been teaching for years was a dominant trait. Mm -hmm. Two recessive parents, two parents who don't have a cleft, mm -hmm. had a ch kid who did and realizing that none of these genes are as cut and dry as like this plus this equals this. Did you feel bad about that? That you'd sent all those middle schoolers out there with this cleft chin thing and they're, they're all wrong. It made me start looking up all <laughs> sorts of things like tongue rolling and hitchhiker's thumb and lots of traits like that. Um, we are here with Elizabeth McMillan. She is the Sanford Promise Program Director at Sanford Research, and we're talking about a partnership that they've entered into with Harvard University, talking about bringing education about genetic ethics into the classrooms here in the Sioux Falls area. So this idea of teaching kids about genetic ethics, that seems like a monstrous mountain to climb you said kids are learning earlier and earlier how do you have how do you start that conversation with a kid with a classroom uh with a family about yes this is what we know about your genes but this is what you need to think about I think I want young people and as they age to not go back and say, I wish I would have known, you know, I wish I would have understood this a little bit more. Having them start thinking about those things ahead and look for the information that they might need is really important. A lot of times young people will change their mind as they go and making them realize that that's okay. I would have liked to know all of my genetic information long ahead and then when I got to the point that I was pregnant with my first child when there were opportunities to find out about the genetic information at that point I wasn't sure if that would make me feel guilty that I made certain decisions or what I was going to do with that process and with that information and so ultimately making that decision later was a reflection on the opportunities that I had to think about how do I feel about this when that moment arises what sorts of things are we talking about here when you I mean, we've been talking about it very much as a, a hypothetical and generalities, but what sorts of issues do you talk about with kids to get them to understand it? So today, you could go and get a genetic test. You can do some direct-to-consumer genetic testing where you can find out your ancestry information, some basic healthcare information. Are you ready to know that information? I have a coworker that always says, I... I just, if the information was there, I would have to know it. So I'm uncomfortable with the information even being there about something like your likelihood to develop Alzheimer's. Does that mean that every time I lose my keys, I'm going to start asking like, maybe it's the Alzheimer's, you know, is that making that transition for me? Is it information that I should know and pass on to my children, these types of situations? So uh, we were talking a little bit about athletics and this is where you start to get into some very um, tricky questions right about editing and genetic editing versus just genetic knowing that's taking it to a whole nother level right there are opportunities coming up in the future where there might be choices to make certain decisions about your children are you able to select for certain aspects of their behavior or their functionality that would make them a better athlete even when we look at athletes today are there certain things that set them 
that give them advantages. I'm sure if I asked you to picture a basketball player in your mind, you have a certain kind of ideal of what you think a basketball player should look like physically. There's obviously some genetic aspect to that. And at what point does that give them a fair or unfair advantage? And asking those questions of kids kind of makes them start thinking. Then also asking them if you had a parent who made who genetically edited, let's say hypothetically it was possible, and created you to be an amazing athlete, and you didn't like track. Right. You just didn't like it. Is that fair? Is it fair that they put all this money and resources to make you who you are? Or even in the aspect of what if your parents selected through pre-implantation genetic diagnosis to have a child that had a genetic disease still knowing that they had that disease? Mm -hmm. And the other fascinating thing is with the editing of CRISPR, which is way down the road, we should say. This is not something that's imminent. If you change your genetic structure, that changes the genetic structure of your children and their children and their children. Yeah. It starts to get a little bit boggling. It does. And at what point are you uh, making decisions for your future children, even selecting like we do today for some genetic information? You know, there's a lot of ethical considerations even up until that idea of CRISPR and the technology that exists that we can manipulate and change and edit genes, are should we always pursue those advantages? Are there people that you know that have a genetic disease that deserve to be around? And so asking the questions without providing the answers is important because I think those answers are very different for many of us. Elizabeth McMillan, she is the Sanford Promise Program Director for Sanford Research. We've been talking about a partnership with Harvard uh, and if people want to learn more about Promise and talk to you or get whatever it is in terms of genetic testing or just the broader issue, how do they learn more? Where do you go? So our website, SanfordResearch.org, and we're the education link to this, but you can learn more about the science that goes on at Sanford Research there as well. And then the PGED.org site provides a lot of resources, and we both have social media platforms that you can follow and learn more about what's going on. Imaginetics also has some great opportunities for people in the community. Well, we're looking forward to all the changes and news that comes out of Imaginetics for sure and just a lot that's going on in the world of science. Elizabeth McMillan. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO.